now dumb for having Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 82. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, it's been a very, very busy week for me. I've just bought a new house. Yay! Yay! Uh, so I'll be moving to the lovely town of Heathmont, which is... The hamlet of, of the Heath. <laughs> the, the altum of the outer of the, east. Yeah, exactly correct, yes. Uh, but no, lovely part. Family excited. Set up a new podcast studios. Oh, it's going to be massive. New... It's going to be dedicated podcast studios slash Scott's wife's. <laughs> studio as well, but it's going to be mostly the podcast studio. Yes, mostly podcast. I, I, I need to put my foot down this time. There's going to be there's going to be some manly There's, foot got to be putting some down. Yep. there's going to be less um, uh, less toys, less <laughs> stuffed animals and stuff in there, yes. and less pink. It's going yes. to be a manly. It's got to be manly. AFL for dark blue. Uh, that's it. Dark, red and black. That's it. Yep. Red. What do you mean dark blue? Red and black. Huge red stripe down the middle of the room. But now that'll be really good. Congratulations. We've got a huge show on tonight. Uh, Grantus. Had the lovely opportunity of, of meeting a former Essendon senior senior player, now great VFL player. Grant, tell us Finn. Absolutely, mate. I was tell us in. Tell fill us, us in. in. Fill us in. Can you tell us the bye weekend? Yeah. Um, here am I just messing around on uh, on Insta, and I'm flicking it through, and I follow pretty much every Essendon footballer that's ever been, and uh, Heath Hocking, who I also follow, pops up on the social media. That he has one of his loaves of bread that he bakes. Now, I don't know if everybody understands out there that Heath Hocking does a little bit of bed bed, does a little bit of bread baking, say that quickly five times, um, on the side. And he's if you want to find out, check out Instagram, have a look for Baked by Heath. That's Heath Hocking learning how to bake some incredible bread. So he was playing around with that, had one loaf of his sourdough left over, and said IM me or PM me or whatever it is, um, if you want to get hold of it. And I just went, I want to get hold of a loaf of bread from Heath Hocking. So I messaged him and then sort of went, thought nothing of it because I thought 15 people would get in ahead of me. Um, and then I get a message back from Heath Hocking via Instagram saying, no worries, mate, it's yours. Uh, where do you live? I mean, what do you mean, where do I live? He goes, I'll come around to your house and drop it off. Well, True to his word, Heath came round with his lovely sourdough, which was ridiculously tasty, to my house, shook my hand, had a selfie, and I'm eating uh, Heath, Heath Hocking's sourdough bread. So I said to him, couldn't possibly resist asking him whether or not he'd come on the podcast. That was too perfect an opportunity. It is definitely the most unusual way of getting a guest we've had so far. Absolutely. Normally we're just sort of we're getting in touch via Instagram or Twitter or something like just that. people that we know yeah. say that. <laughs> people that we know also have helped us. Um, but yeah, this one was cool. I just He comes over and delivers to my house, mind you. Um, he thought, you know what is a very strange thing, Scotty? Is that you're sitting there on a Saturday, I think it was, um, in your boggy bum tracky dacks and you're just playing around on Instagram and 35 minutes later an Essendon legend uh, bloke that you, we've watched since he's been there knocks on your front door and you hear down the hallway he goes g'day Granted Teeth <laughs> it's it's a weird feeling you see him on TV and you see him play his 126 26 games. games and the next minute he's knocking on your front door with some bread so we uh, I, I put the hard word on him 
um, to be a guest, and he is more than happy to come on, which is incredible. Um, we're going to have a chat to him today, I think, um, topically at the moment. Well, it's kind of fitting, isn't it? I mean, uh, the most obvious thing that has been on Essendon's fans' minds is probably that last quarter in the in the VFL final. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit ourselves, maybe at the end. But, uh, boy, that was gut-wrenching uh, to see the guys play <sighs> that well for three quarters. I Look... Obviously, they rested Begley and Snelling at half time, so I get that. We had no rotations, and yep. and, and uh, they wanted to make sure there was proper emergencies because it was a Thursday game, and yep. and they needed they needed uh, you know as much break as I guess for those two guys if they were in fact going to play. So I kind of get that, but gee, it was I'm not quite sure how you. Uh, give up 40 points but it happened uh, and look it happened probably in the space of about six minutes it was about five goals in six minutes and that was sort of the whole the whole damage done yep uh so look it will be very honest with with heath we'll i mean you kind of get to get the elephant out of the room and, and talk Absolutely. through talk through the game uh but, talk about his career we'll talk about we were just doing a bit of research on on heath before the, the podcast and mate Heath's taken a few hangers don't worry about the the defensively minded run with on baller. Yeah, he's taken a few hangers. So I want to ask him about a few hangers. Um, we'll ask him about the few set of the standard points. Um, uh, hardest person you've played on, best person you've played on, all those sort of good questions. So we've got Heath Hocking on, and we'll do a bit of a review of the um, the VFL team, um, and then we'll uh, we'll of course have a chat about um, Bombers v Weagles. Yes, um, and how we can pinch it. In WA. And look, just quickly, uh, exciting news, even from the club, with uh, the announcement of Redmond for two more years. Big. Waller for three more Big. years. Big. Huge signings. Yeah. Uh, Saviour, again, mate. Way to whip out that checkbook. Well done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, yeah. So, uh, uh, from all reports, uh, from what I'm hearing, Aaron Francis is only days away. Yep. So, so we've got uh, really the nucleus of the side re-signing. Does that leave anybody like when two weeks ago we were saying, "Oh, Waller's still out of contract, and Redmond's still out of contract, and Francis still out of contract." Have we got anybody sort of big name that we're still? Well, if that's a shame, I don't want to put. Yeah, signs. I don't want to put people down. But if you said big name or current best twenty, best, yeah, no, yeah, okay, no, no, that's, okay, that's kind so, of everyone. Okay, locked in as as far as I know. Um, and then it might just be... Look, there's, there's obviously rumours of guys like Laverde maybe looking for options. And yeah. That. And, and, and that, that all makes sense because yeah. they're probably playing five or six you know, games a year. And so I kind of get that. Uh, each player wants to play AFL senior footy. So yeah, I'm not, I'm, personally, I'm not really precious on that. If they, It's their livelihood. It's their bread and butter that they've got to get as much... Uh, a, enjoyment and money, career. to be honest, as, as they can yep. until they're age 30, 31. It's a short so. career. So, yeah, absolutely. So, it'll be a very interesting off-season trade period. Obviously, Matty Day um, also announced his retirement. retirement. Yep. Really, really solid backman. Great clubman. Uh, like Bagley as well. So, um, yeah, uh, we wish, obviously, them all those guys all Big the best. thank you to Matty D. And yeah, we, we're excited about how they're uh, shaping the list. I, I sent out a tweet before that I really felt, and I, I'm quite strong on this, uh, I really feel like we've got to almost back off a little bit about the high big trades coming in and, and we've got to settle this side down and actually get them to play this yeah. list. Just keep on playing year after year. 
uh, and once they really, really gel, and they, everyone knows everyone's, you know, all, all those little things, and you see it in Richmond, they played about three years straight, and they just know each other so well, and like everything's dogs. in sync, yeah. It's like the dogs, the dogs came together as a team and were bad for like three years, and then they clicked. And then they clicked. And yeah. Essendon in the last three or four years has had, yeah. what, five big name players come to the club? Um, and it's been incredible uh, recruiting coup, but I just now they're got to settle. Yeah, yeah, they've got to settle. They got to they got to get some some good backup players. Some yeah, good... there's there's some small tinkerings. I think mm. obviously they the the ruck um, department needs obviously some yeah. some strengthening. Uh, I, I reckon they still may look for uh, a kind of a, a quality forward if they can if they can get one through. Yeah. Our, our back line is very much set. But back line is perfect. Uh, look, and so there's to me, it's just like this might be small little deals, yeah, done. Uh, but yeah, it, funny it's... one I heard was um, to free up cap space for a half decent inside mid was Hooker to okay. go back to WA. Oh, I think they've tried. I think uh, that's been tried numerous times. And oh, they've come after Kale Hooker in a big and serious Hooker way. Hooker just doesn't leave. No, that's what I'm saying. God bless him. He yeah. just, he just he loves Essendon through and through. So absolutely. All right. Well, we come back from the break. Um, we will uh, get straight into Heath Hocking, pretty much. Perfect. And we welcome back uh, to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, our very special guest, Heath Hocking. How are you, Heath? I'm good. Yourself? Very, very good. Now, uh, Grant has uh, just quickly explained before we, you came on just how he got to meet you. Uh, can you tell us, just before we go into the VFL, just tell us a little bit your your bread ventures? Yeah, so, um, yeah, for probably the last three, or maybe three or four years, I've sort of uh, started trying to trying to bake some um, sourdough bread and uh, I guess thinking post football careers um, you know it might be something I'm interested in going down the path of so um, yeah just sort of put it on my Twitter every now uh, my Instagram every now and then and um, try to you know get it out to the people and, and get some feedback oh, mate, it was it was delicious I said to Scotty I was playing around on Instagram following I follow pretty much every Essendon footballer that's ever been um, and I just saw there was a, a spare loaf left over thought nah nah that'll get snapped up pretty quick but I'll, I'll send a message going I'm in um, and then like 45 minutes later uh, you're knocking on my front door which was which was <laughs> brilliant I guess, yeah you living uh, quite quite close is always handy so absolutely yeah, I've, had a, I've actually had a lot of people uh, who were you know further away that would go how can I get this and I'm like oh well <laughs> Unless you live close to the Essendon Football Club, it's going to be it's going to be quite difficult because uh, I don't I don't think it travels too well. No, no and trust me, we, it it lasted oh, under two days uh, at our house. <laughs> it was uh, it's very so. If you want to check uh, if you want to check it out, it's baked by Heath. Let me get that right. Um, baked by Heath on Instagram. 
um, and keep an eye out for it because I guarantee you it's going to be uh, it's going to be around the shops and uh, especially out in the Essendon area pretty soon. I wouldn't imagine. No, I appreciate that. You cool. need a you need a contract with Joby and, the, and sort of tie in with the. Uh, the oh yeah, business. a bit of export, or actually get it made over there for his cafe. Now that's an idea. I could uh, I could move over there and just. Uh, sort of <laughs> ah, you could be the. Better. You know how like they have sommeliers for wine. Mm. What do they call? Oh, it's a, I suppose it's a baker. You could be the in-house. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Watson's sure. in-house no, baker. No, I like the sound no, of that. Nice. I'm sure he's doing. I'm sure he's doing sourdough with uh, smashed avocado or something. <laughs> yeah, he probably so, is, and yeah. all charging uh, the Yanks a squillion bucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, look. Before we start anything, I, I know what ev- all of our fans are probably got on the top of their mind, uh, and it's probably not a great subject to go into. But saying that, uh, I've actually got all the confidence you guys are going to turn this around quite strongly, but. Obviously, the first three quarters of the of the uh, the Tigers VFL final, uh, things going very well. Kind of, can you talk us through that game and, and sort of how that kind of developed in the last quarter? Yeah, so we obviously played probably played the best footy we'd played uh, throughout you know the year in you know those first three quarters. We, you know, you look at the game from three quarters standpoint, we probably. You know, you could say we're one of the best best sides in the competition with that sort of game we played. But absolutely, um, you know, Richmond with you know the amount of experience they had in the in the game, and uh, we always and I you know personally knew they were gonna they're gonna come out in the last quarter and pretty much just roll the dice. And um, they probably yeah at times got away with a few things where they just sort of ran forward and lucky enough to get on it. But to their credit, they uh, they fought out the game really well and. Um, I sort of think, you know, it's it's disappointing we lost, but we can learn a lot if we have to come up with that same, you know, like we did last year where we were sort of down and we, we got up and ended up winning a couple of games. So I think it's, it's a positive in that sense that we sort of draw on it a little bit. But then again, it was, uh, yeah, quite disappointing considering 40 points up three-quarter time and yeah. getting rolled by two. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's just how it is in football at times. you just got to... You know, we're going to move on and uh, focus on, you know, it's going to be quite a contested game against Werribee this week. Yep. How did, how did Dan uh, approach after the game? What was his, what was it, was it sort of disappointment or was it quickly trying to get you guys back up? Um, he's, Dan's a very good coach and uh, his approach after the game, well, I think, really, really worked well. It was sort of pretty much started at our level and just, you know, just, so do us like boys, you know, really proud of that the effort that you put in for, you know, three and a bit quarters. Um, we can take a lot of learning out of the game that, you know, that's the level you've got to be at. You can't you can't go for three quarters and then not play a, a, the final quarter. And good teams in finals will will, will, uh, will run over the top of you. So, uh, in and then you know it's pretty much moving on quite quickly. We we yep. did our review yesterday and um, we did a lot of positive things. And there's some things that. You know, we, we get right next time and, and we save ourselves three or four goals and you know, if we save three or four goals we uh, we win the game. So um, yeah, it's quite it was quite positive I would say. Can I just ask about Dan Jordan? We had Josh Green on not long ago and he actually mentioned with about Dan that it's actually probably one of his favourite coaches he's ever had. What what is it about Dan? Because not a, not a lot of Essendon fans will know Dan. What yeah, what is so, what is what is it about him that's sort of getting these compliments? Um, it, it's funny, like he, in a way, he's sort of another one of the players in terms of how he sort of interacts and he's very approachable. Um, but I think the knowledge he, he um, sort of 
passes on to us and the way he coaches is 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 quite uh, is re- is really good and um, I don't he doesn't he doesn't like to yell a lot but I think at times he's stern when he needs to be and I think uh, if, if you saw us play against Sandringham we, uh, we I think we were even at or just up at half time and then he gave us a bit of a stern we'll say a spray but a spray yeah. and uh, we ended up kicking 15 goals to one in the second half so um, his ability to just sense this the the time and the place for that sort of stuff is really good and um, yeah as I said he's just his, his knowledge of the game considering he didn't play AFL football but he was uh, quite a a good player, local local level, and yep. I mean, he played at St. Bernard's um, and, and places like that. So, um, yeah, he's got a lot of respect from the playing group. Now, you're a, you're a senior player um, within that VFL team. You've got AFL experience. You've been around for a while. What's your role in talking to the players? Or do you do you sort of take an active role in trying to talk to some of the players and, and trying to reinforce Dan's um, uh, sort of feedback? Um, week to week? Yeah, that was one of the sort of my reasons for staying on playing VFL footy was um, obviously grew up barracking versus and played AFL for us and then just being able to then pass on a bit of the experience I had um, for the 12 seasons I was at Essendon. So that's sort of been, yeah, where I've sort of tried to impart my wisdom on, you know, you know lack thereof, but, you know, a bit of wisdom to the guys and um, and yeah, just on game day, I think that's where that's probably where my strength is. Is I, I think I can read the game pretty well and, and understand and help help these young guys through it. Like playing forward, I've got some young forwards who might have played under ten VFL games who, throughout the game, I'm helping just get to the right positions structurally, and then you know in, in the end, just encouraging them to just play footy because in the end, like we just want them to yeah you got to get the structures right but then just go out and play and yeah. uh, and enjoy yourself so that's sort of where I've sort of and and that as well helping sort of Aaron Heppel with the captaincy just you yeah. know he's doing a fantastic job and just supporting him in, in that in any way I can uh, can I ask uh, just obviously you're a VFL listed player when when your first kind of 14 sort of 15 rounds obviously the the VFL team was extremely strong and on top of the ladder. When the senior list starts having that kind of uh, injury after injury, uh, how does how does it affect you as a VFL listed team when you suddenly having that six to eight guys suddenly get yanked out of the team and then obviously you need more guys to top up your team? Because uh, I felt like then the form started to just waver a touch when that, continuity of the team kind of got disrupted uh how, how does that affect you guys yeah it, it does affect us because we i think we we try to settle the team down and then you know injuries happen or changes the afl group and then you've got guys from vfl level who you know i've played probably local footy for an extended period of time and um if you've ever gone from vfl to play afl there's a massive uh step up in that sense so you can imagine what it, what the step up from you know local football to VFL football is so I think just sometimes it just it just takes a little bit of time and you know having guys you know pull out and you've got guys who might have to only find out they're going to play the day of the game so it's things like that but in the end we um we probably let ourselves down with just just our intensity around you know at times and uh we know our best footy is capable and it's just you know like anything we just got to keep playing that that way of that football, no matter who you know who comes into the side. 
So if we if we look forward now to, to next week's game, we've Werribee, got that. Yeah, yeah Werribee, we got that. Um, we got that second chance. Top three things. What from? And again, maybe Dan's put have pointed those out. But what are the top three things that the Bombers are going to do next week to win against Werribee? Um, without giving too much away. <laughs> yeah, without giving away structures and stuff yeah, like that. No, you've got to come to the game, you know, with the mindset that um, you're going to compete, you're going to bring intensity, um, and you know, just play your role. I think. Um, you probably look at the game on the weekend in the last quarter. There's probably the you know the guys you know competing was there. It just probably a little bit of this that's probably your role just going into your shell a little bit. And yeah, um, you know my role is to actually you know play back shoulder at a stoppage or something, and instead I let my man wander out. You know things like that. So yeah. um, if we can you know come to the game with those those sort of um, the mindset to, to play a it's going to be a strong contested game so guys have got to come willing to you know get in the contest and uh, and play play their role for the side and I guess that, that must be an encouraging um, thing that, that you can and Dan and the, and the rest of the boys can pass on to the players in that you you know you were good enough to win that game you just a little few little structures and like you said a couple of guys went into their shell but if you can if you can turn that around you, you know that you're talented enough to win um, against Werribee, so it must be more of an encouraging um, position to be in going into a game like Werribee. You can think as opposed to thinking, "Oh, <laughs> we're just we, there's a potential here to get hammered because we're not as good as that side." You you know you're good enough to win the game, and and if players just like you said do their role and don't go into their shell, you're more than half a chance. Yeah, hundred percent. We uh, we know our best footy matches Richmond, um, yeah. and it did for three quarters. Um, so. There's no reason why you can't go in confident that if you just come to the game with that mindset that you're going to compete, you're going to play your role, then um, in the end, like if they come the same way, you know, it's we're in for a battle and, um, you know, just got to do it for longer than them. Yeah. Can I ask, Heath, now that the AFL's introduced the mid season draft, how much talk, even with yourself, is there around that time this year that you noticed different about guys? probably on the senior side, uh, possibly getting a, a little bit of a, a chance to get on the list, whether it be even for just six or 12 months? Um, to be honest, there wasn't too much. Like, obviously, the time where you've got to nominate and things like that, there's a bit like, oh, have you nominated, but stuff like that. But um, really, it's, it's the middle of the season, so you're still trying to focus on playing games. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I nominated, but, you know, just... Obviously, you're better to be. It's better to be in it to win it. But yeah. Um, so in the end, as as really for us, it was we're still concentrating on the games, and we knew you know you knew a few guys nominated, but it wasn't the thing. That you just if you concentrate on your game and play well, then that's every chance that you're a chance to you know obviously hopefully be looked at by a club in in the mid season draft. But it does mm. create a lot of good opportunities for guys to you know if they they miss out in the national draft this year and. Then they can put in, they can concentrate on putting in a good preseason and playing a good sort of start of the season, play really well. So I think it's a great idea, and um, yeah, it gives guys more an opportunity, especially the mature age guys. Yeah, well, you, I guess you've seen firsthand Snelling uh, come over, and I mean, his first two, even first three or four games, even for the VFL, he slotted in fairly, fairly easily, and yeah. um, and made an impression straight away. Yeah, I reckon that was that was a massive thing. He came in. Um, I can't remember. It might have been against North Blues or 
something like that. But he, yeah, he's just like considering he hadn't played any of our sort of trained any of our structures. He, he just came in and he's a natural ball winner. And um, even on the weekend, I sort of think if we had him for the second half, we might have, you know, might have helped a, a little bit more as well. So, um, yeah, he's definitely come in and um, provided something for the team. Yep. Can I just ask also just for the younger players? I know fans always are interested to see how sort of they're tracking. Uh, I know Mozzie's got injured with the with the hamstring and that, but a few of those younger guys, uh, uh, is there... Is there enough to be excited about about some of the the Noah Gowns? Because the guys who haven't made their senior year's debut yet, but they're, they're kind of obviously getting a lot of development in them. Uh, is there enough to be excited about? There definitely is. Like you look at like Noah Gown, obviously played as probably our our main focal forward for most of the year, and um, for a first year out of um, the NAB League is 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 really big. So he's obviously injured as well, but I think. Get another another preseason into him and 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 Mozzie. I'm really excited about Mozzie. Um, he's been sensational. He's a really good kid. So mm. I look forward to seeing how he. And we've obviously seen um, Hammy and how he's he's gone on. So yep. um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to like, and um, fans should be excited. Uh, sorry, go sorry. Again, sorry. I, just quickly, am I right in saying um, uh, the club has just experimented a little bit with Jordan Ridley on the wing, but uh, like in the last month or so? Yeah, he, he sort of plays. It's funny because yeah, he played obviously down back to start most of his career at Essendon, and then I think his sort of his build is actually built to play wing. You know, he's he's quite he's pretty fit. He's um sort of that tall wingman, but um yeah, it just probably hasn't quite eventuated just yet. And I think his best footy at the moment is played, you know, sort of reading it off half back and then you know going going off from there. So uh, they did they did uh, play him through the through the wing and. Um, hopefully, you know, it depends on how he sort of goes. That he might, uh, you might see him back there again. But it's it's a wing's a hard position. It's a yep. quite a you a lot of demand on being really strong with communication and seeing the game pretty well. So that's why it is a hard position to play. So Ritz will get there. I think he's just got to take take a bit more time. Yeah. Now, if we move to Heath Hocking, the AFL footballer, um, one twenty six games. Um, from the outer eastern suburb of Murrabark, which is pretty close to where I uh, grew up in Croydon. Um, hard at it, reading from the, the bio, hard at it um, midfielder, primarily played a defensive tagging role on the opposition midfielders. Standard sort of questions, who's the hardest bloke you tagged? Um, it's, it's a funny one because they're all, they're all, all the guys I usually played on were you know, they were going to be their best sort of, you know, clearance player or yeah. winner. So there was always, um, each week, it was always a mental battle just to go, okay, he's going to get possessions, um, just make sure they're not damaging. So uh, oh, Gary Abbott was, was always tricky. He's just so dynamic in around stoppages and, and then he could go forward as well, which it didn't actually worry me too much going forward because I've played as a backman a bit as well. So I, yep. I don't mind that because I sort of think, He's limited. He's only going to get balls when they come inside 50. Whereas at a stoppage, you can get them in the back 50. You can get them in the midfield. Yeah, things like that. Likes, so yeah. I didn't. I didn't actually mind that. It probably limits him a bit more. But he was definitely hard. Um, Scott Pendlebury was was always hard to play on. He just um, he's not super quick, but he just could get around the ground with with at such a speed that you know you needed to really be on your game with you know your fitness mm. um, and just really concentrating. So. 
um, yeah, those two were pretty pretty solid to play against. Interesting you say about Scott Pendlebury. I I must admit, I'm not a massive fan of Collingwood, as most Essendon supporters are. <laughs> yeah, not, not a massive fan. I don't spend a hell of a lot of time thinking about them. But um, I just, it's the same sort of thing that Scotty and I, when we were younger, he told me about this young um, kid that was playing in Brisbane called Michael Voss. And he said, have a look at this kid. He's got an extra gear and he looks incredible. Um, and I must, I went, yeah, 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 Brisbane, I don't really care. But I watched a few Brisbane games just specifically to watch Vossi. And he did have an extra gear. I, I've i been watching Pendlebury recently because, again, everybody keeps saying Pendlebury, Pendlebury, Pendlebury. And I don't want to watch him because he's in the wrong jumper. But um, I have watched him recently. He doesn't look quick, though. Is that an uh, a illusion? Yeah, is it an illusion? Like they say, the ones that look slow are the quickest. Um, well, I have noticed he's been wearing black boots, so that that could be that could be the reason. But I found he never he never sprinted and, and ran away with, from me like that. It was more so his. If you were to think about just sort of a cruising speed, it was it was probably two or three k's higher than mine. So okay, he's just cruising around the ground like he's going quicker than you so I'm working harder to keep up so okay. I found that was probably the biggest thing with him was and then you know soon like he's a smart player and around stoppage he just he knows where to go and how to get it and, it, and even he, when he gets it and he's under pressure he just uh, mate he looks like he's got time so he was it, I just remember going into games against him and it'd be like oh, okay I've got to make sure I'm switched on I'm ready to run yeah because um, he's quite yeah he's super super fit can I ask just the, the 2010 year, would you regard that as your best? You came second to Job uh, in the Crichton medal, uh, had an exceptional year. Is that is that the kind of the period where you thought that's where you were hitting your peak? Um, I'm trying to think. It's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I, to be honest, I probably... The 2014 season, I know um, when you know, Bomber took over... I had more of a like my role was the run with role, but I had more of a focus on a better way to sort of track how I went with it. So I had like my KPIs on different players I played on, and okay. I think for me that like that year or even maybe 2011 as well were probably my my two best years. But um, yeah, 2010 I played every game for the year, so I was quite um, you know humbled to do that and. Um, yeah, coming second to Job is a, is quite a fantastic achievement, considering you know come from a long way back. I would say when I first got to Essendon, but um, yeah, you know those, maybe those three seasons in in context were probably the, my best three. Uh, I've got an interesting question for you, uh, Heath. We spoke to uh, we had Ben Howlett on the show, and we were asking him what was his favourite enjoyment um, part of his career. And he gave us a strange answer, but it kind of makes sense in a little bit. He actually said 2013 was probably the most exhilarating year. And though the the obvious off-field stuff was going on, the actual team unity and, and I guess, desire and hunger was that strong uh, that he found himself that he enjoyed playing that year that you know the Fremantle win the the, the big wins in, in per, yep. uh, West Coast and he, he was talking yeah he said it, and he said in a warped way I I actually really enjoyed that year uh, playing and just the memories I had yeah no I, I agree 100% with that because we had a focus of 
um, you know, training and playing was our release from all the all the stuff going on. So we yeah we we won some really good games that year, and, and it probably brought the playing list closer together. And obviously, what we were going through as well helped um, bring us together. So um, yeah yeah, Benny was probably right with that one that it actually yeah made that year um, really enjoyable. That we we you know we won those really close games and. Um, yeah, we sort of just stayed in our own little, our own little team and our own shell, and and just and did what we had to do. I think you're uh, at the end of 2017 when um, Stanton and Joe retired. You actually had the fame to claim. You had you claimed the fame or yeah. whatever the word is. Claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, claim to fame. That's it. That you were the last person to be coached by Kevin Sheedy at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, it's, it leads to I guess a question of being coached by Kevin Sheedy, James Herb, Bomber Thompson, these kind of guys, really big names at the club. Uh, I'm not going to sort of give you a ranking or anything that bad, but can you just go through just quickly how each one had their can their strengths and, and things that you enjoyed about each one? Um, yeah, so Kevin Sheedy, I, like he was two years. I had 06 and 07 with Kevin. Um, I only played the one game in those two years. So um, he was, the thing I found Kevin is just so like left of centre with his thinking and um, it really, it sort of, you could open your eyes a little bit to, you know, thinking of things a, a different way and um, quite bizarre at times as well. But um Definitely, he was he was a, a really good coach, and um, you know I guess I went to him. He got me to Essendon at the time he did. So um, yeah, I, re- I enjoyed you know those first couple of years. I was just learning how to be a professional or try to be a professional athlete. So um, there's a lot going on, but yeah, no, definitely a good coach. And then um, James Heard, um, someone who I, I idolised as a kid, was, was was probably just that you know got to play with him, and then then got to be coached by him was quite surreal and. Um, he was just an elite professional in, in everything he did, and he and he that oozed out of him, and it, it sort of something that I definitely took on from him as a coach, and that you have to do everything you can to to get up for each game, and and you know do as much you know, watching a vision and things like that, because that's how he and that that's what he did as a player. He was super professional, so I, I yeah. that definitely rubbed off on me. Um, and probably Bomber was the thing that I guess um, I got from him was just he told you exactly how he, he wanted the game to be played and um, he was, you know, up front with, you know, and he's quite firm in, in, on me and that was something I remember discussing with him, What you know, he, he was harder on me because he knew that was something that really drove me is, is, is wanting to be better and things like that. So um, that was something from Bomber that, yeah, I got and I really enjoyed that season. I thought obviously what had gone on had gone on and um, but I played, I played some, some pretty good footy and I think... Um, with him and, and I think Simon Goodwin there at the time as well were, were quite strong with me and, and helped me play some really good footy. Uh, I guess it's sort of a two-part question for you. The, the first one, you were sort of saying that feedback from the coaches and stuff. Like at an at AFL level, at, I don't know, say towards the end of your sort of AFL career, the, the around that sort of time, are the coaches looking at you differently and interacting with you di- differently i.e. sort of more direct feedback like Bomber would come to you pull you to one side and say this 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 and this and this would that differ from the way he would talk to one of the younger guys or would he be just as direct um, with the younger guys um, yeah, I, personally I'm not, I'm not 100% sure like um, from my point of view I think 
he probably probably can't be as firm with with the younger guys or um, guys he doesn't think will respond from it. So for me, it was you know at times you know you know you need to do this, you need to do that, but it was because he knew that I could respond to that sort of stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I would assume you know with a guy who maybe needs something different, then he would have been different and. And that's why he coached for so long. He was, he, was, he was good in that sense. Yeah, so it's it's a big part of AFL football now that the the coaching staff, even the head coach as well, they need to really understand what motivates each individual player. There's no more huge, like you were sort of saying with Dan um, earlier, that the the proper Barassi spray, yelling, pointing fingers in chest and stuff is probably long gone, and it's now just about tailoring the message to the right athlete. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think we've got um, a different generation of, of young guys coming through who um, it doesn't. I don't think it works. Um, you know, at times you need to, like you need to just do it for the group. But um, you know, it's guys going to their shell at times if they're you know they're getting they're getting sprayed. And um, but I guess that's just the the generation coming through. So yeah, you're right. It just needs to be tailored a bit better. And there's so many resources at the footy clubs these days. You know, with um, sports psychologists that you know can you can work on how guys learn and how guys take feedback and how they take information. So there's plenty of resources for coaches to to learn this stuff. So I think it's it's only getting better. And so you, you're running around um, for for the club, and you're, you're trying to be the best um, footballer you can uh, in the VFL. And like you said, the on-field role that you have, uh, it it amazes me. People like yourself that are in a, a leadership role, how you can concentrate on your football, getting a kick, um, and also concentrating on trying to worry where Ham's running or if Snelling's in the right spot or one of those guys. So. How much extra does it tax you mentally to have to be sort of keeping your eye on a few other players as well as yourself getting the ball? Yeah, I find I definitely find that uh, games where I, I've done a lot more of the sort of the communicating and things like that, I come off the ground and I'm not physically uh, well. I am physically exhausted, but also just mentally, just like I'll have a, a raspy voice because I've I've been yelling and. Yeah. Um, I do yell quite loud, which is quite <laughs> annoying. But I think, yeah, it, it, it does. And there have been times where I probably have, have sacrificed my own sort of just going to win the footy when, you know, I find I'm actually, it's quite beneficial to just help set up the forward line because it's so structure-based these days about where you need to stand and how you set up and things like that. But um, it's something that, and that's part of the sort of leadership role that is, it's about helping these young guys who, you know, first year in, not don't know the systems that well, or find it a bit harder to understand on game day when, you know, you you've run 10k's and you're exhausted, then you've got to go. Oh, where do I set up again? And so that that that, that is hard and it is um, exhausting, but I I enjoy that side of it as well. Yeah, there'd be that extra little bit of enjoyment for you at the end of a game now. Like you love playing the game and and you're playing in the finals for the Essendon Footy Club. That's great. But I reckon probably if you just sat there baking some bread one day, it might it'd be a good feeling to know that you're you're helping out the gowns of the worlds and the Tommy Jocks and the and those guys. It that's got to be a good feeling, right? Yeah, I'd love to wake up with a cut a slice of sourdough off, bit of butter, watch the game, <laughs> maybe a beer, and um, enjoy that and see the guys play well. So um, it is it is enjoyable. So um, still, yeah, really enjoying what i'm doing cool can i ask heath i'm always curious about this just uh 
the obviously the the year suspension uh, has happened, and I'm not going to go into that. That's all done and dusted. Uh, but the I guess the the wave of guys re-signing back at the club. I've always been intrigued about the emotion of those guys because look, obviously with governance, we've 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 let a whole we've let um, you guys down. Uh, but I, I'm trying to work out your emotion about uh, the, the Hurley resigning, Hooker resigning, yourself resigning. Uh, what's what's the what's the kind of the the thought process with that? Um, I guess I've always been intrigued. I guess as a fan. Um. So yeah, I guess for me it was um, I I don't hold grudges a lot, but so for me it was this is the club I want to play for so there's, it's a no-brainer to sign on and, and keep playing because in the end I, I felt personally that the people who had done wrong by the footy club weren't no longer there so okay, um, what's you know I want to sign on and, and still be a part of that journey and um, and then when you see you know guys who've gone through the same thing and they they sign on as well it just it, it just for us it was just you know a really re- relief to have guys continue on and and um, yeah, play alongside guys you've played alongside for you know four or five, six, seven years. So um, yeah, it was it was good. And I tell you what, from a fan's point of view, guys, and I, I know you've probably spoken to fans and you'd want to move on for the whole thing, but to see that many players re-sign with the club, from a fan's point of view, it absolutely meant everything to us. Like we, you could understand from a fan's point of view if players left. Like you could, we we only got told what. Um, the media told us but you could understand if players left the club and to see so many people including yourself re-sign with the club it just made the the little dip in confidence that we had in the jumper um from a supplier uh, from a supporter's point of view to see everybody recommit basically everybody recommit to the club it, it was brilliant so i don't know i just i just wanted to say from a fan's point of view thank you um for for re-signing for the club because if we had had that mass exodus it just would have ripped the guts out of the even more out of the club so from all the supporters a big thank you for doing what you did no it was, it was my pleasure and i think um also on the flip side of that the guys who decided to move on and um they're they're guys who you know i i don't you know judge or don't think they did the wrong thing no, no i, I think agree yeah. every right every yeah right absolutely they did and and get a fresh start and um find somewhere where they felt more comfortable and, that, and that's that's 100 percent how i feel and um yeah so definitely there's no grudges there and there's guys who i still sort of talk to and go yeah um you know we we had a tough trot but you know we move on and do the best stuff for best things for ourselves absolutely a, a, a cheeky question here with the with the rumor and i have no idea if it's true with the rumor of essendon just entertaining the idea of paddy Ryder, would that be something you would just absolutely uh, embrace oh 100 i i um i got along with paddy quite well and uh, really enjoy his company so and obviously his football ability is is, is really good as well so yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard. You know, there's going to be other clubs interested as well. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's just one that's going to play out and um, hopefully we can get him. Mate, just one more before we wrap you up because I think we've had you for a good period of time. Um, I'm always fascinated with the tagger role, right? So you, you did it for a good period of time and you were very, very good at it. Essendon really doesn't have at the moment the kind of hard nose ability to run all day, super fit, defensively minded sort of tagger like yourself 
Um, do you still see a role for tagging in AFL football now? And can, <laughs> do you coach Dylan Clark? Do, yeah, do you coach Dylan Clark? Well, sorry, apart from Dylan, right? But do you see Dylan in that role moving forward against people like Pendlebury, against the steel side bottoms when we need him and the Patrick Cripps? I think uh, Dylan's the perfect sort of perfect guy. He's, he's super fit. Um, he can he can if you give him a role, he can do it. So um, and he's physical. He can tackle. So. I think he's the perfect guy, and I was actually disappointed because the first when he played and, and did the role, he never asked me any tips. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh, really?" Oh, here and he knows where I sit at the footy club, so I was disappointed. <laughs> but no, he, he is someone who I think can do it, and I think I think the game's going different places, and um, I think there is a there is an opportunity to have a guy in the team who can just you know more be a bit more defensive on their better midfielders, just to. It might be for periods of the game where guys get off the leash, things like that. So uh, I, I definitely knew, like, sort of three or four years ago when I'd play, it'd be like, oh, you're just going to play your normal role. But if this happens and this guy starts to get off the leash, then you might just have to go and just nullify him a little bit. So I think there's still um, room for that sort of thing. And yeah. um, obviously the game now is, is changing. You know, they're sort of looking, making sure they look after players and they're not getting... You know, bashed off off the off the ball and things like that, which I understand. So um, that's fine. But yeah, I think there's still room for a little bit of it. Ah, oh, mate, I, I, I have taggers in my side, and you'd be in my best twenty-two, Heath. Trust me. I'd, I'd still have you in there. I'd still have you in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to tribute to Damien Peveril and, and yourself. Damien Peveril, Heath Hocking, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, we just want to really thank you, Heath, for coming uh, along. Look, obviously. To fans, you're one you're one of our all-time favourites because uh, we're going to talk fan talk here. But you bled for the jumper. You're every time you came out, you had every fan had no problem in knowing that you were going to give a hundred percent. And uh, you know, when we talked a little bit about uh, Mark Bagley the previous week uh, with his retirement, and these are the guys that we really like to honour uh, that do everything and get everything out of their body to in their AFL career. So. We just want to kind of just uh, honour you and and just thank you for your time. We enjoy obviously watching the VFL. Uh, for Essendon fans, go watch the, the yeah, final. absolutely everybody this weekend. Uh, cheer on the boys against Ruby. Uh, you're only 31, so can I assume you're going to play on next year, mate? <laughs> Cheekily. Um, I think uh, it's probably time for me to move on. I think. Uh, oh really? Oh. I, I spoke to the. I spoke to the. Um, the playing group on Friday and just said it was going to be my last campaign because, yeah, I guess it's probably for me it's it's about what what comes after footy now and um, VFL does take a lot of time and um, yep. a lot of effort and I think also you know leading the pathway for other guys to come through and um, sort of play at the, the VFL level or even give them a chance to play AFL level is something that you know I believe in so for me it's yeah just probably going to move on and. Um, yeah, see what's next in life, mate. The the bread empire. That's that's what's next in life. <laughs> the bread. Well, it's um, going to be there for life, I think. Bread, <laughs> people, they need bread for us. Hey, everybody needs bread, Heath. Absolutely. Hawking's delight. You can oh, see the yeah. Heath. I can see it uh, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you go, Heath. Um, thank you very much again for your time. Um, and um, if this is in fact your last season with the Bombers, absolutely. Um, just thank you very much for your time in the red and black. I know all of the supporters are, are super stoked about um, having you on the podcast tonight, um, and they'll uh, they'll be very very thankful for your for your time in the red and black. So thanks very much.
No, thanks very much. Um, it's been a pleasure, so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Heath. Thank you so much, Thanks. Heath. Have a great night. Cheers. You too. Cheers. Bye. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, what a great guy. Uh, in Heath Hocking. Awesome, awesome guy. What an awesome guy. Incredible long conversation. Um, his career in uh, both the AFL and um, the VFL. Um, he really insightful, he well-spoken speaks, guy. He speaks with such integrity. That's yeah, what I, he, I, it comes just comes right through the microphone. Yeah, you can tell. Absolutely, you can tell. And that's that's exactly the reason why. Um, he'd be exact. He'd be very good at what he does. Um, talking to the to the young kids at the VFL, mm. but I'm I'm not sure if you picked up there at the end, Scotty. Um, that did we get the odd little uh, uh, announcement? Unless I missed my guess, Heath Hocking just retired on the Lunchtime Catholic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we both looked at each other and went, "Did he just say that?" Did he just retire on the podcast? Um, so I don't think we're talking out of turn in that he's just announced it to us, really, and he knows the podcast is going to be out there. But I'm pretty sure uh, we've just heard that um, this is the last campaign for Heath. So, mate, if that's not sentiment enough to get down um, to watch the Bombers yeah. v Werribee, um, to David Myers, Mark Bagley, Matty oh, D. Absolutely. Heath um, Hocking. Legends, right? Yeah, these so are these, these are big guys. Yeah, yeah, these are these are these are photos on the wall um, at the at the hangar kind of blokes. Um, and who have put their heart and soul into the club, especially Heath. Um, so again wanna thank Heath in a massive way. Um, and plug the the hell out of his delicious bread. Um, baked by Heath. Check that out on Instagram. Baked by Heath. Um, as I said in the podcast, though, unfortunately, um, I will be having the first loaf um, baked moving forward via a standing order, so you can't have that. Um, but again, a massive thank you to Heath. So speaking of um, speaking of sponsors and plugging things, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast... Nice segue. Do you like that? Um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast has one sponsor. Uh, it is, our, in fact, our major sponsor, considering yes. it's one sponsor. Um, that is the Mantra Hotel at Tullamarine. Um, the guys down on the Mantra Tullamarine have sponsored uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast um, this year. So we have a promo code. Uh, we have a promo code. If you're thinking about, I don't know, maybe heading away on a holiday, um, you're uh, wanting to stay near the, the airport overnight, the Mantra Tullamarine is a great place um, to, to stay. It's directly next to the hangar. Imagine opening up your, your nice suite at the uh, at the Mantra Teller Marine, opening up your windows and watching the boys run around on the field. Rumour has it you get 10% off with the promo code. I heard the lunchtime <laughs> catch-up. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, I, did, oh. oh, I did it. I just did it again. It's lunchtime catch-up. One word. One word, lunchtime catch-up. That'll be lunchtime catch-up, one word. 10% discount. Um, subject to availability, uh, 10% discount on their rooms if you enter that promo code. Um, also, get down there because what they have is a, a world-famous cafe down there. Um, potentially not 100% world-famous, but it's a great cafe. It's the Woodlands Burger. That's it's the name. Woodlands Burger. Now, if you haven't been down to the Woodlands Burger, uh, to the Woodlands Cafe, to have a Woodlands Burger, can I suggest that you get it done? Because if you're there for training, wander across the um, the way. It's like, it's directly next to the hangar and get yourself to the Woodlands Cafe for a Woodlands Burger. Extra tasty if I do say so myself. So a massive thank you to the guys down there at the Mantra and Tullamarine uh, for sponsoring us. Um, and get down there if you need them. 
Okay, so look, we did say we'll we'll talk a little bit about the VFL final, but we actually covered so much of it with Heath Hocking. Yeah, I, I there's not much actually I can say. I mean, we all saw with with our own eyes what had happened. They yeah. played, like he said, the best footy they'd played all year for three quarters. They were clearly happy. Uh, and you know, there's some games with younger players, and the Tigers had a lot more senior AFL list of players playing. Sometimes you know you you learn a hard lesson and and just some young guys uh, have to I guess um, I guess mature th- from it. Uh, but you the beauty with football and uh, with a double chance you've got next week to redeem yourself. Yep, absolutely. And and this team has every right to feel like they can go all the way. Uh, they've been strong all year, so I hope they go in with full confidence and really take the game on. And if they do, then I've got. Uh, I'm pretty confident they can get a win. Absolutely, and Heath. I think Heath, from the the interview that we had with him, is confident as well. Like I, mm. one of the questions I asked him was, um, I think they understand that they've got the the, the players to beat um, the team next week, uh, Werribee next week. It's just the guys need to just change a few things in the head, a few sort of make sure they're doing their role for four quarters, not three and a half, um, and they're more than half a chance. So yeah. I, I'm really excited for uh, for the game next week. I'm really expo- excited for Heath now because, like I said, it's from what he said, it, it's going to be his last um, finals campaign. So um, everybody get down there uh, and support the boys. I know I will be. Um, so apart from that, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, look, uh, just obviously quickly, you can catch us on Spotify, oh, yes, the iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to our Patreons for all the support that you, you provide to us. I know we've been a little bit more quiet than normal, but uh, with my house up for sale, I actually had to pack up the studio. Yes, we had to pack up the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast studio as, as much as it is a studio um, because Scotty was selling his house and he needed a place to look spick and span. Yeah. Um, but no, we're back now. We've got... Um, temporarily. Te- well, kind of... <laughs> I pack up tomorrow again. Temporarily, we Short pack time. it up again. Um, but no, we'll, we'll get back to the Patreon, Patreon guys real quick. Yeah, so thank you for your patience. Uh, but I'm sure tonight's show uh, uh, obviously uh, hopefully redeems us a little bit. Um, Heath Hocking was sensational. Great so day. look, uh, lunch catch up on Twitter. Uh, you can get me at Scooter McNeese on, on Twitter. Um, thank you so much for your support on that as well. Uh, on our Facebook page, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Facebook page. So look, there's plenty of ways you can connect with us for yep. the, for Patreons. We always like to get your feedback. We're going to do a few exclusive Patreon shows soon. And, and we had a thought process of doing some shows about the top 10 players of the 80s, 90s and, and noughts. Yep. Uh, so we're going to do those uh, theme shows. And we, and we thought that on the odd occasion, we might even have a bit of a, a call-in. From our Patreons. Now, that would be interesting, yeah. So if I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah, we, we've got to we'll give one of our numbers out to our Patreons. A and, great idea, you but can we call, don't know how. Yeah, but, yeah. but you can call in and whoever gets through can talk. And maybe we'll do little two, three-minute slots. And yeah, they, maybe. And now, they can say their top tens. Let us know if you're a Patreon. If you're not a Patreon, get check us out on the Patreon, um, yep. on our Patreon page. Um, we have great extra content in there and... and uh, um, and things like this. If you're already one of the patrons, let us know via Patreon what you think about a bit of a call-in. Um, we can record the segment and, and uh, play it for our Patreon. So it might be interesting. We'd love to have a chat to you guys. Yeah, so look, besides that, uh, thanks so much for your support. We always get really uh, lovely comments uh, after each show. So it, it never goes um, for granted. Yeah, so, absolutely. Pardon the part with your name. Hey. Uh, so yeah, thanks again. Uh, Thursday night, 
Uh, oh, massive, massive, massive game. Massive. We haven't covered that. We haven't even covered it. It's fifty-six I minutes. Know. So let me give a two-minute little because I've got yep. to say something. Okay, I'm going to say what I think my yesterday changes are, uh, and uh, see how close I am. So I'm going to go. All right. This is my guess of the changes. Yep. So I'm I'm thinking we're going to have six changes. Ooh. So I've got. Heppel coming in. Um, this is off the top of my no, head. No brainer. So sorry. Yeah. Heppel coming in. Hurley coming in. No brainer. Hooker coming in. No brainer. Fantasia coming in. Again. Stringer coming in. No brainer. And I've got a sneaky suspicion Ridley may come in. Now it's out of Ridley or Snelling, and I think it's a bit of a, t- it's getting close. So I'm not quite sure, but I've got six players coming in now. I think guys like Jock, Ham, uh. There's probably obvious guys. Um, the other guys, yeah. Laverde. Yep. Uh, Gleason's injured, which is a real bummer. He's got his calf injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're the kind of changes that I'm kind of foreseeing. Uh, it's massive change. I mean, the five guys coming in uh, are just a very big quality. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Fantasia just... hasn't a big year, but I was encouraged enough to hear Fantasia talk about that this is the first time in a long time he's had a two-week block where he's actually been able to train and get some fitness okay. and aerobic sort of fitness. Yep. So he feels a lot better than normal. So, hey, it's a it's a huge game. Mate. I've got this sneaky suspicion we're going to be very competitive. We're, we're, will we win? I'm not going to ever make that prediction. Nah, but I think... We've got to pinch it. I, I think we're going to be up and about. And, and I, I think we all just hope the club really represents represents themselves in a final because we've been disappointing in finals let's face yeah. it and i think we we want to get we want to obviously win as a as a first thought uh and if look if we're unfortunate not to then but really give them west coast an almighty scare and mate i reckon we'll do exactly that i yeah. i can we win it yes absolutely we can win it it's it's slightly on the negative side as to whether or not we will that's just being realistic but you know what it's going to be? Mm. I, and I agree with you, we're going to represent. It's going to be a hell of a game of footy. The ground is great. It looks brilliant on television. It's going to be an incredible yep. game to watch. And if the boys are close at three-quarter time, I'm not putting it past them to, to pinch it in, in WA. If we can pinch it in WA, the belief that that will give us will be mm. massive. And it's Thursday night. I mean, then we get a, like a nine, ten day yeah, break. Yeah, baby, I'll take that. Now, I'm going to make a, a a tip on a move that we'll make. And I think Ambrose will go on the forward line. And I the... I think he will tag um, McGovern. McGovern. Yeah, I, I honestly it, do. It worked really well for Hawthorne, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, so exactly. Burgoyne went on to McGovern and tried to shut him down. And it worked so well. And with Hearn, it'll be interesting to see if Hearn's name because he's got a, he's got a hammy. And for more reports, it, it's not looking great for him to get up. But they're going to still test it. But see, this week you can't rely on any reports. No, like, no, we got these fake. He's reports definitely, but he, no, he definitely did his hammy though. Like, okay. So it's it's that that report's true. It's whether he can get up or they or they will want to risk him. Yep. If they don't, if if they don't play him. Um, and we can shut out McGovern in the back line, then we're right in the game. Yep. So I, I think the the fact that I saw Ridley training with the back six um, during the week 
just gave me a little simple went, oh, I wonder if these kids going to play and Oops. they're going to release Ambrose to McGovern. Yeah, but it would, he would slot with Ambrose in the back line, uh, Ridley would slot in very nicely to replace Gleason. Yes, exactly. So yeah. you, you never know. But you're right. I yeah, mean, well, we Hooker might... Hurley's down there, right? So you, you've got yeah. your you've got your um, your big pillars yeah. kind of covered. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting tactical game. Mate, I, I will be there, like he said, you? with a, a slice of heat baked by Heath bread. Watching um, the TV. Lovely bit of butter, a beer, watching the TV, mate. You couldn't yeah. drag me away from the TV on Thursday with a team of wild horses. So... Everybody, thank you very much for joining in this uh, hour-long podcast. One of our favourites with Heath. Um, yeah. The guy's just a nice bloke. So um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we will uh, we will talk to you guys very soon. Go Bombers on Thursday. <laughs>